During that break, Monica, we had the most interesting conversation with our producer here, mm. the amazing Matushka, who is doing all kinds of study at university in relationship to ethics and so forth, in relationship to how yeah. the, the, the online environment is used in Facebook and so forth, mm. particularly after our, our um, story earlier on. And uh, yeah, we're sort of, it really does stop and make you think. Um, how should how should we respond as you know for those of you who are parents with children to the online environment it is a it is a dangerous place these days it certainly is yeah it certainly is and it's yeah it's such a multifaceted issue and you know what do you put online where do you draw the line on putting stuff online you know because it's not just you interacting with the internet it's not like the internet interacts with you these days that's right absolutely yeah. anyway we have a quiz and of course, we if you do. would like to comment on, on uh, the internet and the online environment and Facebook and Big Brother and any of that kind of thing, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843. We would love to get your perspective on it. Is it a form of child abuse to give a child under the age of 18 a smartphone? To give them unlimited access to the worst kinds of pornography and bullying that exists in the world. There's a question mm-hmm. that you can answer. I, I believe it is. And giving the world access having, to having your child. Having made that mistake myself as a parent. Yeah. Okay, let's do the quiz. So the so who am I question. I'm going to give you the first two clues again. The first one was I am the son of Hayran, Abraham's brother. The second clue was, my two daughters and I escaped God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And the third clue is, my wife was turned into a pillar of salt. Ah, very famous person right here whose wife was turned into a pillar of salt and who is mentioned in the New Testament where Jesus says, as it was in the day of... This fella. So shall it be in the at the end of time. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text me on 0491-064-669 or just message us on our Facebook Faith FM Australia, and we will send you a prize. And when you get looking at the online environment today, it's pretty much like the days of this person. Today. It certainly is. It's another, certainly another is. prophecy fulfilled right there mm-hmm. because we were talking about the mark of the beast, and for the first time, that it's actually reasonably logical, pos- feasibly possible for that to take place on a global scale. Um, here's another prophecy that is being fulfilled right now that tells us that Jesus is coming back very, very soon. And that's what's so good news about all of this. Amen. Is that it all points forward to the return of Jesus Christ. Yes, it's painful, but it's like birth pains. It's like labor pains, the Bible says, because everybody is always excited and happy once the pain is over. And speaking of uh, good news and the Bible, yes, let's jump into our Bible study for the day. Ah, yes, the gospel. The gospel, of course, means good news. Okay, so here's a question for you, Monica. Mm-hmm. Did they have the gospel in the Old Testament, or is the gospel just a New Testament concept? Hmm. I. I mean. I would say yes, they did have the good news back then, but I don't know whether they realised that that's essentially what it was. Okay, so they didn't use the word because gospel. you you did explain to me previously about how God essentially purchased something ahead of time, even though he hadn't picked yes. it up yet, so to speak. Yes. So that gives them the, the salvation same, ahead of time. Yeah, that gives Absolutely. them the same salvation that we have, which is you know. Our blessed assurance. The word gospel is a New Testament word, but our study today is going to find that the gospel 
The same good news that you have in the New Testament is the same good news they had in the Old Testament. Galatians chapter 3, maybe you've got a comment on it. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. We'd love to hear your perspective on the open line right here. Galatians chapter 3, and Monica, why don't you read for us verse 8. Galatians 3 and verse 8 says, What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. Thank you. And the word translated good news in your translation right there is in my translation translated gospel. So here the Bible very, very clearly says that uh, God preached the gospel to Abraham. So you think about that. Abraham lived a long time before the New Testament, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. And he heard the gospel. From God? From God. I would have liked wow. to have heard that uh, particular uh-huh. um, presentation of the gospel message right there, wouldn't you? A wonderful rendition that would have been. Yeah. One of the best, no doubt. I think I would have, uh, I'd like to take that one down and to memorize it just so I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just plagiarize this one. (laughs) This would do well for a sermon um, one Sabbath morning. Okay, so when we consider this, we find that Abraham received the gospel. So if Abraham received the gospel, the gospel was alive and well in the Old Testament and the gospel was well known and it was the way by which people were saved in the Old Testament. By faith. And they were aware of that, right? Yeah. So why was this whole system of, you know, earning it in place? Put in there. Yeah, good question. Okay, so the system of earning it was never put in place by God. Okay. That's never just, existed by God. That's there was just something no such thing that ever existed where you had to earn your way to heaven. That's just something that humans devised? It's where they took what God said and turned it into that. Okay. So let's go back and reconsider for a moment what legalism is. Legalism is not about what you do. It is about why you do it. Mm. And so there were plenty of things in the Old Testament that God asked people to do and be obedient. There are plenty of things in the New Testament that God asks people to do and to be obedient. Obedience is not legalism. It's why you obey. Do you obey God because you're terrified that God is going to strike you dead if you don't? Or do you obey God because you have been saved and you love him and this is a response to your salvation? That's a very good question. What do you reckon yeah. Abraham was doing? Abraham served God because he loved God. He had faith in God. He expressed that faith in God. And all of Abraham's obedience was because of his love for God. And isn't this something that Paul and the uh, and the people here in Galatians were having an argument about? Like whether or not um, Abraham had been doing it because the obedience because he was keeping the law or whether or not he was doing it because he loved the Lord and because of his faith. Because of his faith. That's what the whole discussion right here in the book of Galatians is all about. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And of course, this is why Paul goes back to Abraham and he talks about the whole story of Abraham because he's illustrating, you know, this is this is the system that has always been in place. Salvation has always been by grace through faith. And Abraham experienced it by grace through faith. And this was good news. This was the gospel that God preached to Abraham. Yeah, I guess, I mean, Abraham, if you think, if you look at, you know, what, what the promises that Abraham, that were, that were given to Abraham by God, it's all 
God always says, I will, I will, I will. Like, there's yeah, nothing. Why don't, why don't we read a part of that from uh, Genesis? Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing really that Abraham does at all. It's all God saying, I will. And this is the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Okay, so the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Who made the New Covenant? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus yeah. made the New Covenant. Okay. Um, then which covenant was Abraham under? The old, old one? Both? <laughs> I don't know. Which one it's was he really under? Good question, yeah, it's a good okay. question. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of time this morning to actually look into that and find out which covenant was Abraham under, and what 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 was the old covenant and what was the new covenant? Mm, yeah, and we'll the difference between the two. It around as well. Absolutely, because if we go back to Genesis, where were we? Genesis chapter twelve, was it? First three verses. Yes, it is. I'll read that one for us, please. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so in this covenant that God makes right here, how much of, in all the promises that are made, how much promising is Abraham doing? Like zero percent. He has nothing. That's right. He's and that is the new covenant. Because if you read the new covenant, mm-hmm. Hebrews, okay, go to Hebrews chapter 8. And if you read the new covenant here, oh, that's Romans. That's not right. I've started to read Hebrews 8 and I'm like, no, that does not look right. Okay, Hebrews chapter 8 and read for me verse 10 and 10, 11 and 12. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put the, my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Okay. Notice here that God is, I will do this, I will uh-huh. do this, I will do this, I will do this. I will forgive their sins. I will not remember them anymore. I like that. Um, I will I will be to them a God. They will be to me a people. God is making the promises here, isn't he? Once again, he's doing the heavy lifting and we just yes. have to let him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Our job is to allow him to do so. So this is the new covenant. And so when you look at the new covenant, the new covenant is all about God saying, I will. But wasn't the, the covenant, covenant given it to Abraham mm-hmm. was all about God saying, I will. I was just about to say, they kind of both sound like God saying, I will. That's right. So we need to find the old covenant then, don't we? Yeah. Because it clearly wasn't the covenant that was given to Abraham. They sound exactly the same to me, to be honest. That's right. And it clearly is not the covenant that is given by Jesus Christ. So where do you find the old covenant? I was just about to ask you, where are we turning in the Bible now to find the Old Covenant, Lyle? There is a clue here in Hebrews chapter 8. Oh? There are a number of clues, in fact, but if we go to, uh, let's start in verse verse 6, and we'll start to build a bit of a list here of identifying characteristics of the Old Covenant. Mm Mm-hmm. Verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Okay, so the new covenant here, which he's talking about, that Jesus is mediating, is based on what kind of promises? 
Better promises? Better promises. Okay, mm-hmm. so if the new covenant is based on better promises, we are then forced to conclude that the old covenant had weaker, poorer promises. Isn't that so? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Logical. Good. Good. So we know there's some dodgy promises in the old covenant. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue on verse 7. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. Okay, so here's the second point we find. The new covenant is faultless. So the old covenant must have been faulted. Exactly. Faultful? Exactly. That's exactly what it faulty. means. Right? Faulty. <laughs> so All right, so the old for. covenant was faulty. Mm-hmm. It had poor promises and it was faulty. Okay. Yep. All right, now we need to find out when was the old covenant made because it wasn't. There's nothing wrong with the covenant made with Abraham, was there? Mm-hmm. There's no fault there. Yeah, no. No dodgy promises there. God made lots of good promises to mm-hmm. Abraham. Okay, verse 9, we find out when it was made. Because if you find out when it was made, then you can start to figure out, okay, where do I go to this particular time period, this particular location, and find out if there was a covenant with some dodgy promises in it that was very, very faulty. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. Thank you. Ah, Timestamp. Timestamp. Where's that? That sounds like it's back in Egypt when they were, the Lord led the people out of Egypt, the Israelites. That time of the Exodus. The Exodus. So you're not going to find it in Genesis. Yeah, we'll find it in Genesis. Now oh, you, no, that's right. Not in you Genesis, won't find it in Genesis. Exodus. You'll find it in Exodus. Genesis, Exodus. So it's the second book of the Bible. That's right. And you go to Exodus chapter 19, and there's a covenant right there in Exodus chapter 19. And I want you to see if you can find the fault in this covenant. Okay, Exodus 19, page is flicking over, verse 5. Start for us there. There, respond. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Okay, so there's nothing wrong so far, is there? Sounds like a pretty good covenant. But hard to keep for us, right? Because it sounds like it's on us, this one. Uh, You'll have to wait and see because we're going to take a music (gasps) break and we're going to listen to Audrey is Sad, It Is Well With My Soul. Thank you. 
You are listening to Audrey Sad. It is Well With My Soul here on Faith FM. And where are we up to with our quiz? Oh, our quiz. Okay. Who am I? The first clue was I am the son of Haran, Abraham's brother. The second clue was my two daughters and I escaped God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. The third clue was my wife was turned into a pillar of salt. And the fourth clue is I was captured by the armies of three kings who joined the Kedor Laumer. <laughs> that was to a attack great evident uh, <laughs> pronouncing that. Do you know where that? Would you where no Tedaloma came from? No, came from Elam in Iran. Oh, how so do you he was a long way from home. He was he was um, ruling the the world uh, the Elamites were the world superpower at that time. Oh, okay. Oh, I have no idea how you pronounce. It. I just thought that I'd throw a different pronunciation out there in case there was some Iranian people listening and being offended by either yours or mine. So <laughs> either you've offended them or I have one of the two. We I don't beg your know. apology. Yes. But call us on one eight hundred Faith FM. Either if you like to correct our pronunciation or tell us the answer to the quiz. Um, or maybe you'd like to comment on the two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. Mm, or you can text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or even jump on our Facebook Faith FM Australia. Yes. And or maybe you'd like to comment on our stories earlier about the online environment and Facebook data mining and Big Brother and the Mark of the Beast. It was uh, yeah full on morning this morning. We might talk about it some more. Hard. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you here on the open line number one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Where were we up to? We were just discussing that the old covenant seems to be where we're trying to make things right with God, whereas the new government. God does all the heavy lifting. That's right. We started to read because the Bible says there was a covenant made at the time of the Exodus. Mm. So we were looking in the time of the Exodus and we found a covenant here. And uh, let me just uh, um, get us back up to date here. Exodus 19 verse 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure, a special treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And what happens in verse 8? In verse 8, and all the people responded together, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Okay, That's so here laughable. you have a covenant. Why is it laughable? As if the people have the power within themselves to keep to keep the covenant to the Lord. Do you know? Do you remember what they were doing just a few short weeks after this? Were they like worshiping a golden cow? Yeah, exactly. Which they've been told not to do. Oh, very clearly, uh-huh. thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any carved image. I mean, it's pretty pretty clear right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here you have a covenant. It's very clearly a covenant, isn't it? Very. It is a covenant with promises on two sides, isn't that so? Mm-hmm. And you have the promises that are made by God, which are good promises. I'll make you a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I like that. Mm-hmm. And you have promises that the people make. All that the people, all that the Lord has said, we the people shall do. Mm-hmm. Are there some dodgy promises here? Yeah, I don't I don't see how the, the people are going to keep those promises. You can't. Yeah. That's impossible. Human beings can't do that. You need the grace of God to be able to be obedient. In your own strength, this is something that is entirely impossible. Mm-hmm. And so if if the, the people here, this is where you find the fault. The fault with the Old Covenant was not with God. It was the promises that people made because they did not understand conversion. Okay. They did not understand that the only way obedience was possible 
was by God's grace. So, so I could like, have yeah, a- we'll do that. We'll do it in our own strength. No worries. Piece of cake. So this was actually not God didn't make an old covenant because he he made a faulty covenant with them, even though they were the problem. He could obviously foresee that. So he's doing this to teach them a lesson, essentially, right? Yes, he's allowing this to happen to teach a lesson. And there are many instances in the Bible where God allows certain things to happen because there's only one way we can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the easy way and there's the hard way. And unfortunately for human beings, so often we learn the hard way. We learn the hard mm-hmm. way, and we need to learn the hard way mm-hmm. because we are simply not going to learn the easy way. Yeah. So if you go back to if we go back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eight, once you notice what it says here about where the fault was in the old covenant. Hebrews chapter eight and verse eight. Have you got that one for us? Yep. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, but I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Okay, so where did where was where does the Bible say that the fault was in the old covenant there in verse eight? With the people. With the people. There mm-hmm. is no fault with God. Mm-hmm. The fault was with the people. They did not understand the necessity of conversion. They had not they did not understand the gospel. Okay. So Abraham understood the gospel. The covenant that Abraham received was the new covenant. Mm-hmm. The covenant that Adam and Eve received was the new covenant. The old covenant was made at the time of the Exodus, and it was sealed with the blood of a bull. Okay. Because Moses took the words, and he wrote them all down, God says this, the people say this, and he seals it with the blood of a bull right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's your old covenant. Then, when does Jesus make the new covenant? And seal it with his blood. At the cross? Okay, he seals it with the blood at, with his blood at the cross, even though he makes the covenant way back in Genesis chapter 3. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay, so here's how you date the old and the new covenant. You do not date the covenant from when the covenant was made. Mm-hmm. You date it from when it was sealed. The old covenant was sealed first, the new covenant was sealed second, even though the new covenant was made first and the old covenant was made second. So they were still all under grace, under good news, but they were just learning a lesson about their incompetency and God's competence. So the old covenant teaches us you can't do it in your own strength. Amen. What do we got coming up? Darren Pratt with Family Matters? Yes, we're going to have our wonderful new Family Matters segment. Really looking forward to that. And then we'll be back after that with our question of the day. If you have a question, 1-800-FAITH-FM, we will answer it right here on our radio show for you. See if we can't get Lala tackle it. We're now going to have a song break. We're going to be listening to Please Be My Strength by Gun Gore. to understand but I can't seem to find my faith again like water on the sand or grasping at the wind I keep on falling short so please be my strength please be my strength cause I don't have any more
cannot sustain it It's your love that's keeping me different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're here with Darren Pratt, and we're talking about family matters. Today, we're talking about the gift of quality time. You know, when children were asked what they want most in life, it wasn't a brand new tech gadget. It wasn't some whiz-bang toy. It wasn't a new dress for the girls. What they wanted most was time with mum or time with dad. In fact, children spell love as T-I-M-E. 
E. And what I've noticed, if your child's acting up or um, is throwing a tantrum or is just out of sorts, often it's because their love cup, as they call it, is near empty. And we, as mum and dad, need to invest some quality time into our children. Kurt Brunner and Steve Stroop in their book, It Starts at Home, says that the secret formula for passing on values to our children was to take the time to create an environment where families had fun together. When we play with our children today, we are earning the right to shape their values tomorrow. We can't step into our young daughter's life at 16 and come down hard on her if we haven't played with her in the years leading up to that 16th birthday. And that's something that happens over time. When we wrestle with our boys in the lounge room, we have done more to make our values stick than when we read them a Bible passage. Both are important, but the former makes the latter more meaningful. In fact, play is directly linked to spirituality. Outside play for five to ten hours per week can increase a child's spiritual connection with their environment, increase feelings of peacefulness and increase belief that a higher power created the natural world around them. Reggie Joyner in his book Playing for Keeps says that the most significant gifts that we can give the next generation are what we can give them over time. And so the challenge to um, us as families is when are you making time to play and be there with your children? You know, my children growing up, I've taken the time regularly to date them. My daughter loves shopping. I hate shopping. But I go for the journey. I go because I know it's important to my daughter. She wants to buy a dress or a book or something significant like that, um, whereas I'm more interested in the journey. On the way down, it's often, well, how are you going, Madison? Okay. What happened today? Nothing. What did you learn at school today? Nothing. And, and you get those one-syllable answers. And it's often after you've been shopping and then it's on the journey home and I take the long route that I begin to know what's going on in my child's life. Children need nosy parents who know what their children are up to. And the only way to do that is to spend significant time with our children. So my challenge today, mums and dads, is go the extra mile to be in your child's picture and fight for the right relationship with your child. You're listening to Family Matters on Faith FM with Darren Pratt. Give 
Like the life I own That in thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be O light that followest all my way I yield my flickering torch to thee Stores its borrowed ray that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. O oh, joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promises not vain That morn shall tearless be O cross that liftest up my from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead and from the ground there blossoms red blossoms life that shall endless peace life that shall endless peace endless peace listening to what were we listening to there chris rice chris rice that's right oh love will not let me go love that song yeah beautiful song right there and we're gonna hit the quiz one more time yes okay so let me give you the clues we've had so far so this is a who am i question the first clue was i am the son of haran abraham's brother Second clue, my two daughters and I escaped God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. That gives it away. Mm -hmm. Clue three, my wife was turned into a pillar of salt. Totally gives it away. I was captured by the armies of three kings who joined the Kedorloma to attack my city. Maybe doesn't give it away. And our last clue is, my name starts with L and has only three letters in it. What would those other two letters be if mm-hmm. you know the answer? If you give the other, the, the other two letters to that, then call us on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or contact us on our Facebook page with your answer and there will be a prize coming your way. We have a question of the day that has come in from a listener. This is a most interesting question. You know, I had to actually research this one. Oh, you got a little I bit did, stumped, I was did stumped. you? I was stumped. <laughs> yes, it is possible. Yes, this is like the second day in a row I've been stumped, but um, I had to take a moment to, uh, to do a little bit of searching on this one. Why does Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 use two different names for God? So in Genesis oh. 1 and Genesis 2, you have two different creation accounts, and people have often wondered why, do they, why are there two different creation accounts? 
But they also have two different names for God. There was a man who lived back in the 1800s who posited that this was because there were two different authors writing the creation account. And there were two different... Wait, what, what are the two names? Okay, so in Genesis chapter 1, uh, Moses uses the name Elohim for oh. God. And in Genesis chapter 2, the name Yahweh. Okay. Okay, so Elohim. This is the plural of El, which corresponds to God in English, Theos in Greek, and deus in Latin. It means the strong one. The it strong stresses one. the awesome omnipotence and power of the God who is creator and ruler over all of nature and the universe. It sounds very awesome. And if you read Genesis 1, it's an awesome chapter. Okay. Because you've got God, he just speaks. Bang, there it is. You know, there's Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. God speaks, and bang, there it is. I to- totally believe in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Amen. You and me yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so God, it's all about God's awesome power. But Genesis chapter 2 is different because Genesis chapter 2, you know, you've got the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. You've got verses like this. You've got verses where, you know, the Lord God brought all of the animals to Adam to name them. Mm-hmm. You've got the Lord God who looks at Adam and says, it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a helpmate for him and uh, goes and forms Eve and creates Eve and then brings him to Adam and you have the first marriage taking place there. And so while Genesis 1 is awesome and powerful and supernatural, Genesis 2 is very personal and intimate. Mm. And Genesis 2 uses God's personal name. I... Yahweh. I am the self-existent one. This is the name that he uses when he has a conversation with Moses at the time of the burning bush. It kind of indicates how much the Lord wants to be like in a relationship with you. He wants to be everything for you, everything to you. He wants to support you and be in every aspect of your life and therefore he has like different names, I guess, to indicate Absolutely. That. And so God is giving two different aspects of himself. I am awesome, powerful creator who has created everything out there and I want to be your personal friend. On that thought. That's amazing. We're going to have Melissa Otto now uh, when it all came to quiet. all goes quiet And I stop trying To fill all the spaces I remember I hear a still small voice From the one I know Calling me home When it all goes quiet I hear your love calling me I hear your love calling me Nothing sounds as sweet Sounds as 
were listening to Melissa Otto when it all goes quiet here on Faith FM. Hey, Mon. Mm. You want to give something away? I certainly do. What are we giving away today? I'm super excited about this one. It's called The Great Hope by E.G. White. Mm-hmm. It's a revealing look at the battle between good and evil and who wins. And I really actually want to read out the entire back of the book to you because okay, it's so this, good. Does this one talk about the mark of the beast? As you look at the world around you, do you sense a battle between good and evil? Are you alarmed by the multiplying of natural disasters? Do you wonder how a God of love can allow so much suffering and what really happens after you die? As you go through life, you may sense the world is gripped in a conflict between good and evil. From what you see in the news, it may look like evil is winning. Headlines describe famine, wars, unemployment, pollution, disease, Facebook fiascos. Oh, did you add that in? I did. That was a little edit of my own. The media can tell you what is happening, but this book reveals why. The Great Hope also tells you what will happen next. This glimpse into the future is based on a source that has never failed in its mm-hmm. prophecies, mm-hmm. the Bible. The conflict between good and evil is coming to a dramatic climax that will affect every family on the planet. But take hope. You can choose to be on the winning side. How much do you want to read this book now? Oh, absolutely. Definitely want to read that book. And of course, the amazing thing about it was that it was written 100 years ago mm. in 1888. And still so valid today. And it is talking about things that are happening right now, particularly we were talking about you know, the mark of the beast and the feasibility of it has, has, has now come into, you know, very rapidly coming into reality. Mm-hmm. On a global scale, the not just a national scale. The inescapability of it. Yeah, there's no way you can escape on this yeah. planet. Everybody, you know, it's just... Look how quickly they catch people these days. You know, that bomber over in... Um, in Nashville, Texas. yeah, in Texas, yeah. Um, Austin, you know, where it you, was. You, you sort of think, wow, there's, there's nowhere where you can hide or escape today. And the Bible says that sooner or later, people are going to be persecuted for their religious beliefs once again. Revelation chapter 13 and this book will tell you all about it and how to survive it and how to escape what is coming on our world. If Very you important. want a copy of The Great Hope by E.G. White, give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM or you can text us 0491-064-669 or you can email us at our website faithfm.com.au. Be the first person through it and we will send it to you free of charge. And if you'd like to know more about The Mark of the Beast and how it will be enforced and exactly what The Mark of the Beast is or any of the other Bible topics, the two covenants that we've been talking about this morning then give us a call because we would love to arrange for you a way that you can find out your answer to these questions from the Bible that we can provide Bible studies online correspondence one-on-one small group or a multitude of different ways we know people who know people stay tuned for some more great programming and we will be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news with the breakfast show with Lyle and Mon we hope you have a wonderful day took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun. On the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done. Then he blessed it, made it holy as a gift for every man to remind us where we came from and just how this world began
Forsaken and forgotten, desecrated and